Welcome to the Believe Podcast, a conversation between friends over a passage of scripture. I'm Carolyn Kirsten. And I'm Marvin Williams. And today is episode 40. Wow. Can you believe it? Does that mean we're over the hill? <laughs> I don't know. I wow, don't think so. Let, like, no, it's not. 40 is the new 30. Is yeah, that what you say? You try to convince ourselves of that, right? Okay. I don't think so. Well, today <laughs> we are talking about John chapter 16, verses 5 through 15. Yeah, it, I, I can't believe that we are like halfway or more than halfway through. We are uh, yes. this John series. So, and uh, today we're talking about um, something we've already hinted at mm-hmm. in previous episodes. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. So, how did you feel the last time you were separated from a friend or separated from a friend uh, because of a move? Okay, so I just recently realized how many times this has happened to me. Uh, Because when I was in kindergarten, my best friend lived next door, Clint, and they moved to Arizona. So that was a big deal. He gave me his sled, like his snow sled, because he wasn't going to need it in Arizona. (laughs) Right. So, and I had that sled, honestly, all the way through high school, from kindergarten all the way through high school. Um, So that happened in kindergarten, my best friend. And then again, in eighth grade, my best friend, she moved... Uh, to the west side of the state. And that is the one, I mean, it was obviously a very long time ago, but uh, that was very significant because she was like, we were like lifeline best friends. Um, I went to small school. So when she moved, it really felt like I was starting over. Like I was a new kid at school because she and I had done so much together, had so much in common. Um, It was, it was devastating really. For yeah. her to move, yeah, it's 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 tough. I I mean, I had um, when we were in Grand Rapids, um, a good friend. We we had been there for a little while, and Tanya and I were looking for you know close friends, a couple friend that we could actually mm-hmm. you know do life with, and um, and so uh, Kano and Della came to the church, and we hit it off just very quickly because Della was pregnant, Tanya was pregnant, and uh, and it was like. It, it was like, okay, this is, this is cool. We can, yeah. we can hang out together. And so, um, we were together for, I don't know, maybe six or seven years. You know, we did Christmas together. We went to Silver Lake, the other Silver Lake, uh, and enjoyed, uh, enjoyed one another, played Balderdash on, uh, oh, yeah. on New Year's, uh, New Year's Eve. Try playing Balderdash at three o'clock in the morning. And I get it, but it's pretty silly. Yeah, it is. It is. And, <laughs> and then they moved, they moved to Colorado. And, um, and that was, that was really, it was really hard for us mm-hmm. because we had, um, we had built this friendship, this life together. And so, Losing friends and being separated because of a move is it can be it can be painful, and I think this is exactly what the disciples were feeling mm-hmm. um, in this chapter. They've been feeling this way probably for the last uh, four chapters, three chapters, and now I think they feel it even more. But Jesus encourages them um, and says, "Hey, listen, I'm about to leave." And he's been telling them this for a long time, but I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send you a helper, yeah. which we talked about last episode, and that helper um, is is Holy Spirit. So, what do you what do you get from what do you get from some of um, what we see in this chapter? Yeah, so I, I totally agree with you that this I think 
if I was the disciples, this would be the recurring theme that thought that I cannot get out of my head. Like, okay, I know you've been talking about loving one another and those sorts of things, but <laughs> I'm still kind of reeling from this fact that you're leaving. Uh, and so I think that's also why he comes back to this idea of the Holy Spirit that is with us. Um, and he says in verse eight, I think this is something we should pause on talking about the Holy, talking about Holy Spirit. When he comes, he will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. And then he goes on to explain that a little bit. So convicting the world about sin, um, and even those three things about sin, righteousness, and judgment, the fact that those three things are listed out. Yeah, that, you know, that, that is, it, it, so, so we, we like to be, we like to be winsome when we talk about the gospel and talk about Jesus and his death on the cross. We like to make it attractive. Uh, yeah, make it attractive. Yes. So there's no, there's no judgment. There's no differentiation between righteousness and, and, you know, um, unrighteousness. And so we like to make people feel good mm -hmm. about their lives and about what they're, uh, what they're doing. And, and Jesus says, Holy Spirit will come. And he will, when, when the gospel is shared, and the reason why Jesus was on the cross is because of our sin, because of our sin against a holy God, yeah. um, they would feel, um, they, would, they would feel that. They would feel the conviction like, oh, my life doesn't line up with who Jesus, who Jesus is. And so, um, so there's this sense where Holy Spirit will uh, actually show us where, show the world where they're wrong, not to, not to make them feel bad, but to say life, here's an invitation to life. Here's, yeah. here's something more that you're missing out on. Remember Jesus says, I didn't come to the world to condemn the world, but I came that they might have life. Uh, it's not in that passage, but going back to John chapter three, um, is that Jesus has come for this reason. But in order to get that life, we actually have to be shown how below the level of life we're living. Mm -hmm. And that, that may hurt sometime, but he's wooing us to himself. So I think the Holy Spirit is part of his job is to say, hey, here's life. Here's where you are. And I, I want to I take you there. Mm -hmm. uh, and it might hurt getting there, but I have to actually show you where you're wrong. Well, and that is true for all of us. When we become a believer, it's recognizing our need. Yeah. for Jesus. Um, it's having that desperation for God, like, wow, I cannot do life on my own. I, I don't measure up. I, I, you know, that even how he lists, um, sin, righteousness, and judgment, I think those are all things that the Holy Spirit does reveal to someone as they are coming to an understanding and a belief in Jesus that one, you know, my sin, I need to repent. I've got to turn away righteousness. Like I can't do this right living. I, you know, in my own strength, I'm going to mess up. I need, there's, I have a need there. And then judgment. Um, I don't know if, you know, like that ultimately evil's going to lose. Right. So right. the Holy spirit reveals those things, um, and shows us we have, we have a need for a savior. We cannot live this life on our own. And ultimately, the darkness loses. Yeah. So, and, and that goes back to, um, very, you know, back to Genesis when, um, the seed of the woman will crush 
the serpent's head. Um, that is, the Satan will be judged um, at the cross. And so, so in the future, when Jesus dies in just a few hours, uh, in this passage, when he dies, that 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 judgment is now placed on Satan's head. That people now have the ability to have the righteousness of God, mm-hmm. and they can have a relationship with God. Now, it doesn't mean that Satan is totally out of the picture, but it does mean that um, that he's been stripped of um, of power in the sense that th- there's there's another way now. There's another way, and that other way is to have a relationship with God. Yeah. So. So if the Holy Spirit convicts us, that's one of the roles of the Holy Spirit. What else does the Holy Spirit do for us? Yeah, I, um, the Holy Holy Spirit, he actually, um, he guides us, guides us into all truth. Mm-hmm. He shows us, he helps us to interpret uh, the scripture to so, so that we can not only have the right interpretation of it, but also the right application to our lives. And so he reveals truth, he guides us. Um, guides us with the scripture, but he also guides us every day uh, when we remain connected to the vine, um, to Jesus. Uh, he shows us in those places where we need to show up, where Jesus's character and attributes, his love, his grace needs to show up in those places as well. So yeah. he leads us, he guides us, uh, he reveals truth to us. Uh, those are some other responsibilities that the Holy Spirit has. Definitely, definitely. And and we saw that in the last episode, um, Jesus called the Holy called Holy Spirit Helper and Spirit of Truth, which yeah. are both of those elements of guiding, uh, revealing truth to us, whether revealing truth in Scripture and then as we're strengthening us through life. I think that's so, definitely so, all part of that. So, what are what are some ways? Um, how how do how should we respond? Mm-hmm. Um, to Holy Spirit when we are led and guided, and then talk to me about how we do respond sometime. How should we respond? Okay. And then how do we respond sometimes? So the should part is um, being attentive. That's one of our values yeah, here, yeah. being attentive to the Spirit. And, and what that means is God has things to say to me all the time. When I'm reading scripture, but even throughout my day, the Holy Holy, if I'm attentive to the Spirit, He is directing my thoughts. He's directing my actions, my words. I think that's how we should respond to the Holy Spirit: being attentive right, and ready right. to, ready to um, obey how the Spirit leads. Yeah. So, what are some ways we do respond? I mean, and again, we we. Obviously, we know how we should, mm-hmm. but what are some ways we find ourselves responding in situations where it's like, whoa, that's that's a pressure-filled situation. What are some mm-hmm. ways we do respond? Well, I think there are times when we may have a sense of conviction and we just squash it. <laughs> and we're like, nope, I'm going to choose to be really ticked off right now. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it, you, yeah. you know, I may be feeling, getting the sense that, I should have a loving response, yeah, yeah. but yeah. I really just want to be mad. <laughs> and so that would be a, a way that we ignore the spirit's prompting and just respond in our flesh. I think that can be in a, in a moment. I think that can also be a slow 
crawling away. Like yeah, yeah. it may be just yeah. as simple. It may not be a stark sinful response, but it may just so be drift. It can be a drift. Yes, a drift of living independently. Yeah. And instead of looking for the Holy Spirit's guidance, we're just bopping along, doing things in our own strength. And and for a while, that, prop, that often can work out just fine. Yeah. Like we can we can go along. Um, but but I, I think I think that you know we, we're coming full circle, right? Um, you know, back to John fifteen. Um, yeah. Remaining in the remaining in the vine. When when we remain in Jesus, abide in Jesus. Um, the Holy Spirit has something to work with. But if we're not remaining in Jesus, we're not remaining in his word, his word remaining in us, it's like, what what does he have to work with uh, mm-hmm. in our hearts to respond in a certain situation? We, we can only give, we cannot give what we do not possess. Yeah. And so there's this sense where the, the more we have Bible intake, the power of four, yep. uh, Bible intake, we're living in community, we are being submissive to the Spirit's leading and guiding. I think the more we say yes to Him, the more we're postured to say yes to Him. Uh, the more we say yes. no to Him, the more it, the the easier it is for us to say no. So I think I think there's this this across the board. When I'm abiding, the Holy Spirit moves. When I'm abiding, the Holy Spirit gives me words. When I'm abiding, the Holy Spirit gives me the right posture. In a certain situation, and so coming full circle, if I'm abiding, I won't quench him, I won't grieve him, I will actually submit, I won't ignore him, I won't suppress what he's saying to me. And there may be times it may be difficult, and I'm fighting sure. my flesh. Yep. Again, there's a war going on every single day, um, but the more I submit, the easier it is to submit on a daily basis. Yeah, and I think that's one of the. It makes me think of so many books. Um, and ideas right now about habit building, yeah. you know, whether yeah. that's atomic habits. And that is super applicable here too. As you were saying, the more, the more that we are attentive to the spirit and building those habits of time in God's word, time spent in prayer, those spiritual habits, those spiritual practices do build those strong Nero pathways so that it does get easier. And man, I know for myself, when I, um, am seeing God working in and through me, absolutely, I want right. to stay in that. Like, right. Right. And the times when I've experienced that slow drift away, and then it usually gets to some uh, tension point when I'm like, okay, I can't. I can't do it anymore <laughs> on my own. And that's right. when I realize, oh, yeah. Right. And right. when was the last time that you spent time, you yeah. know, like in the busyness of life, like, oh, push that aside, push that aside. I just got to get to the stuff. I just got to get things done. Man, that always, I mean, I think those habits, again, that's one of those like secular research or popular, but there is a lot of truth in that. There is something to building those practices, building those habits, building those neuro pathways so that that does become our go-to is relying on the Holy Spirit instead of our own strength. Yeah. I I think you you speak of habits, you know, silence and solitude. If, Mm -hmm. If there is noise all around me, um, I won't be able to hear um, the Spirit's voice. Uh, I won't be able to recognize His promptings. When I am um, going from here, you know, from here to here in a hurry, I won't be able to respond to Him. Um, but when I get away and I withdraw from people for a season, and when and with 
with their opinions because we 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 get opinions from everybody when it's time to make a decision. Sure. But when we withdraw from people to be with him, he will say, this is the way to go. Uh, when I silence my phone, my music, and music is great, but when I silence those things and just pay attention to his voice, um, that's when I think we began to see um, the direction he desires us to go. Lectio Divina is another way to respond to the Spirit. When we're reading the Scripture and we're saying, Spirit, would you show me words and phrases that intersect with my life right now Mm -hmm. so that I might abide in that word, so that I might meditate on that word and take it out into the world with me? I think those are some ways in which, man, we when we're doing those things, practicing those habits, I think we give ourselves a better chance to hear his voice and then ultimately to respond to his voice. Yeah. And I want to dial back to that silence and solitude because I don't want you to, um, listeners, to blow this up to something like, well, I don't have time for half an hour of silence or yeah. I, that's just not my life. We we're talking like two minutes, two minutes, two minutes can make a difference when you pull in the parking lot at your workplace or at your in-laws or whatever, (laughs) when you're getting together with a friend, setting a timer on your phone for two minutes and just in the quiet, centering your focus on God, even praying for whatever that encounter is that you're about to have two minutes can make a a big difference. It is resetting and, and puts you in that right mindset to, to follow the Holy Spirit in yeah. that, in whatever I, you're about to encounter. I, I would, and, and add to that, when you talk about the, the habit of these going into the different meetings, if you have back-to-back meetings, um, give yourself, you know, give yourself about, you know, in the meeting 10 minutes early yeah. and spend time quiet. Because sometimes what we can do, if that meeting, that meeting you just left was a hard meeting, if we don't if we don't quiet ourselves we can actually take some of the residue of that meeting into the next one for so sure being able to quiet ourselves and to say god give me spirit give me uh, help me quiet my heart because i'm about to go into another meeting let me reset my posture so that uh, i'm not bringing a lot of the other stuff into this next meeting so yeah, Holy Spirit is, again, here to guide us, lead us, reveal uh, the Father to us, reveal Jesus to us, uh, to um, convict the world of sin. We have to be bold to share this good news. Mm-hmm. Um, the pressure is off. Holy Spirit is the one who does the convicting. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be the ones to do that. Um, again, another passage that I think is filled with stuff that uh, really, really good stuff here. Yeah. So. And as we think about our closing questions, what can we believe about God? Well, the Holy Spirit is God. Yeah. Um, so you just gave a beautiful outline of all that the Holy that Holy Spirit <laughs> does. I don't know if you want to add more to it, but what we can believe about God. But I think just that assurance that Holy Spirit is with us um, in those ordinary moments. And then what can I believe about others and myself? For me, just that super practical um Am I pa- taking time to pause in my day to connect with yeah. Holy Spirit, whether yeah. that's between meetings? I even thought, you know, taking an extra swing around the neighborhood before you pull in the driveway um, just to reconnect, to remember Holy Spirit is with me. Whether I think sometimes, too, we make the mistake of thinking we need God's help when it's hard and we need God's help just as much when it's an ordinary day. Absolutely. Tell me about it. Um, you know, we 
back to John 15, apart from him, we can do nothing. So there might be things where, okay, well, this is no big deal. I've got this, or this is just an ordinary meeting or an ordinary, you know, coming home in the evening. But all of those are opportunities for us to reconnect, to be attentive to the Holy Spirit and, and respond. And and I think for me is, um, there is, there's, there's always the invitation to pay attention mm-hmm. and um, he will speak if we are looking for him to speak. And the expectancy principle here is what am I, am I expecting? Am I expecting the spirit to speak? And if I am, I'll hear it. Yeah. If I am not expecting the spirit to speak, he will still speak. I just won't you recognize it. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so I think that's, I think that's where we should leave them. It is. I agree. And friends, we want you to experience um, the Holy Spirit's work and power in your life this week. Be expectant. That's our challenge. Be expectant and be watchful. Be attentive to what Holy Spirit is doing and wants to do in and through you. We don't want you to miss out. We'll see you next time.